On Thursday of this week at 7 o'clock, you'll want to head to the Daniel Boone branch of the St. Louis County Library so you can see Greg Hurwitz, who is author of Lone Wolf, an Orphan X novel. Orphan X is someone who will risk anything to help the truly desperate. And in this book in the series, the truly desperate is a little girl who wants to find her missing dog. Greg, thank you for joining Wendy and me. Thanks for having me on. How many books are in this Orphan X series? And can you tell us a little more about Orphan X? Yeah, this is the ninth one in the series, though you can I, I make sure there's a jumping on point for readers uh, for every new book. So you don't necessarily have to start at the beginning, though, if you're a series reader, you're certainly welcome. And Orphan X is, is the code name of Evan Smoke, who was taken out of a foster home at the age of 12 and trained to be an assassin for the U.S. government. And we pick him up um, after he's left the program uh, and, you know, the program's pursuing him. His moral compass was not aligned with the things he was being asked to do. And now he lives off the grid and he helps people who are in desperate need. They have nowhere else to turn and they're being terrorized by a person or group of people. And they can call his encrypted number, one eight five five two nowhere which anyone can call and you can <laughs> see what can happen. And he, he will do anything to help them. And in this case, it starts with a fairly ridiculous little mission, as you just indicated. How do you do your research? Because I have always heard that writers should write what they know. Were, were you in this field as an assassin? Yeah. It's such a funny thing because I feel like we should write what interests us the most. And so a big part of me being a writer is doing all sorts of research into anything that holds my focus. I mean, one of my favorite things about being a thriller writer is any dark corner of the world, I get to wander over and shine a flashlight into it. So I've gone undercover in a mind control cult. So I've gone up and stunt airplanes. I've snuck on a demolition ranges with Navy SEALs and blown up cars. I've done all sorts of stuff because what I'm always trying to do is to give the reader a front row seat to the action. And um, with Orphan X, I did, you know, a lot of mixed martial arts training. By that, I don't mean I was great at it. It was largely a process of having my face introduced to the training mat again and again. But if I can experience something, I can write about it in a way that isn't cliched and the reader can actually feel like they're there. And so, you know, if I'm getting choked out myself, I might be able to describe that. I certainly can describe it a lot better than if I'm just sort of imagining what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. You you also write for television and for the big screen. And then in your spare time, you are trying to end polarization in politics and the culture. That is a very large, <laughs> very, very tall order. Why is that so important to you as an artist, Greg? Well, because I think that if we, when we get too polarized, part of what happens is, is then we stop engaging in entertainment and everything becomes propaganda. The life comes out of art. And so, you know, when I'm writing a book, I'm always trying to make – I don't want to set up straw men characters, right, who are just there as sort of ideological punching bags. And so my training in a lot of ways as a novelist, and I've been doing this a long time, is to give everybody a fully – a fully three-dimensional worldview, right? I don't want to just have a mustache-twirling villain. And so a lot of that has been very helpful for me, you know, as I noticed the culture starting to really atomize and polarization and a lot of dehumanization, um, referring to people who don't agree with all of our political beliefs. 
I thought it was very important to try and get people talking to each other and talking across the aisle and to figure out where there are solutions, where we can bridge build and negotiate and figure things out. Um, you know, one of the things that's really important in the Orphan X books is I, I write about characters from all sorts of different backgrounds, and my readership is the same. I mean, my readership and my book tour takes me through red states and blue states, and my crowds are, are very, very mixed. I'm not writing something that is propagandistic. I'm trying to write to the culture. Um, and so that means that I, I listen a lot to the culture and I understand people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And that's one of the joys of being a novelist. So before, I'm sorry, before we go on, what, what are you picking up that you can share with our listening audience and with your book lovers uh, about the culture in, in your estimation today in 2024, as we ramp up for a political election? Mm, that's a good, that's a really Good question. I would say the biggest thing is we've done a lot of polling um, across, very, very deep polling across America. And one of the things is that would surprise a lot of people is that about 80% of Americans agree on everything, almost everything, if you name an issue. Um, And a lot of what happens is the fragmentation comes from politicians who need to fundraise or social media apps, which are, you know, keep us stuck to our phones in order to, you know, make money and outrage and anxiety and depression and fear are a lot stickier than, you know, talking about a moderately, um, a sort of moderate step towards progress that's made in Congress, let's say. And so we're, we're constantly subjected to devices and opinions uh, and news channels and networks that are truly designed to infuriate and unsettle us because, the longer that we're stuck to our devices, uh, the more outraged we are, the more other people can make money. And so people are really shocked at a lot of times when there's an issue that seems immensely contentious on Twitter or on cable news. And we can pull up the polling and show that about 75 to depending on the issue, 95 percent of Americans agree on everything. Wow. Um, and so it really comes down to what we're being told about each other. And the more we're fighting among each other the more other influences can kind of keep draining, draining money and resources, you know, ever upward. Greg, as an author and a creative, what's your take on the role of AI in the industry? Well, it's funny that you ask that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a big thread about AI and technocrats that runs through Lone Wolf, the new Orphan X book. So I've, I've been having a pretty deep dive on it. I think there's, I think the key is to use a, a, a metaphor from Fantasia. The key is that we want to be Sorcerer or Mickey. We don't want to be the mop, the eyeless mops hauling buckets of water. What's the most important is where we are in relation to AI. Are we running AI and it's another effective tool that can help us, you know, manage the world around us? Can it manage, uh, is it a tool that we can use to make things better for humanity? Or is it going to be something that we lose control of and put in, um, you know, make that sheerly geared towards profit with few people who have their hands on the levers. And so there's a couple key aspects of it that I would say. I mean, the first is, and we've, we've, we've done polling on this as well, people really want transparency. 97% of readers who we polled said that they don't want to read a book, a quote-unquote a book by a dead author. They have no interest in that. They want to know when they are reading something that is generated by a person versus you know, ones and zeros and algorithms. The other thing I would say is what, what people really want is we want to see human excellence. 
you know, there's something to knowing that a human wrote something. No one wants to tune in to watch an AI basketball game. We want to see Michael Jordan soar. Mm -hmm. Why we watch the Olympics is to see humans doing incredible things. And so if we remove that from the equation, it's problematic. And I'd say the third thing is that AI can't really do and in fact removes us from is a sense of community. We're pretty close now to being able to push a button and having, say, a F. Scott Fitzgerald novel created just for us based on his prior books. And we could say, look, make it half the length and my IQ is 115, so please use the vocab to that and let's not have any violence and we can specify everything. And on the one hand, having bespoke entertainment sounds like a dream, but if you really think about it, it sort of turns us into those people stuffed in the pods in the Pixar movie WALL-E, where we're kind of floating around imbibing entertainment and books, let's say, that are only written for us, and we don't have any shared experience. Um, And, you know, we started to lose this a little bit when TV went to streaming, that no longer did we have, you know, who shot JR or Mm. what's happening next week on Game of Thrones. We almost have, we have these like constipated conversations of saying, well, have you seen White Lotus? Well, what app is it on? Hang on, I'm in season one, (laughs) you're in season two. Like we, we, we can't talk anymore. We're losing these shared narratives. And what happens when I write an Orphan X book, there's one book that comes out every year. Everyone reads the same book. It's written by a human being. There's a notion of community that's in that rather than us floating around sort of removed from each other in our little pods and removed from our shared narratives. And so I think it's very important that we keep these things in measure and lean into those aspects of what's important. And part of the event that I'm going to, why I go on book tour is to talk to readers, you know, and to be able to engage with people that's around a shared story. And that's increasingly important. As Jennifer said, you're going to be here in just a couple of days, Thursday, February 15th. Um, do you do you love meeting your readers as much as they love meeting you? And by the way, if they want uh, tickets, they still have time. SLCL.org forward slash events. I love it. I mean, look, it's it's such a weirdly multiple personality disorder syndrome to be a novelist, right? Because <laughs> half the time I'm in, I'm kind of in my cave typing away here, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm out and I'm meeting people. But I'm I'm. It's such a. It really is such a blessing to be honest with you. I mean, it, it just it never gets old. I mean, this is my this is going to be my I think my 25th book. It's the ninth in the series. Um, every tour seems to be better than the one before. And, you know, it's like if I ever lose sight of gratitude that I that people actually pay me to do this for a living, you know, you can just push me off on an ice flow. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to travel around and talk to people who are engaged with the story? It's just it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. So I, I do love it. I love I love talking to people. Um, and, you know, I consider it really an honor to get to meet people who are engaged in that way. Well, St. Louis readers are looking forward to meeting you. Greg Hurwitz is the author of Lone Wolf, an Orphan X novel. He'll be at the Daniel Boone branch of St. Louis County Library on Thursday, February 15th at 7 p.m. Just go to slcl.org for more information. Greg, thank you so much for taking time out to chat with us and our listeners. Oh, thanks for having me on. Look forward to seeing you all. See you Thursday. Take care.